And I think that's what America is doing right now in throwing this infrastructure and crypto bill in. They're going to regulate as most they can so they maintain the power over the people. So they don't want this next phase of decentralization over the next 50 odd years to happen. Hello and welcome to the Crypto Standard Podcast brought to you by the mighty Zumo. Smart money for everyone. Today we're chatting all things that are happening in crypto from Ethereum upgrade to a stable currency as a human right. But obviously with a little bit of digression because we like to do that now. So enjoy. Hi everyone and welcome to the next episode of the Crypto Standard Podcast, Scotland's Crypto Podcast. How about that, Jordan? That that sounds good. <laughs> the Crypto Podcast live from Dundee in Scotland, where today I'm looking out the window and it's raining in grey. <laughs> I, would, I wouldn't have it any other way, would you? No, it's beautiful. I actually thought about putting the Christmas tree up today. (laughs) (laughs) I think we're going to call ourselves um, Scotland's Crypto Podcast. How does that sound? I like the sound of that. Let's go for that. Let's do that. So the Crypto Standard Podcast, Scotland's Crypto Podcast, done in an American accent. (laughs) I can't do an American accent, so you're on your own there. (laughs) I'll do it for Dundee. I'll do a taste cider. Hi, this is Scotland's Crypto Podcast, live from Tayside. <laughs> How's that? Tayside and Dundee. Yeah, our, our listeners have just dropped with that accent. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. There was a, I can't remember, is it Tune the Fat? If anyone is listening from out with Scotland, there was a programme called Tune the Fat, and it basically, it was Scots taking the rip out of Scots, but it was very funny. And one of the, one of the, sort of skits they did was Tayciders in space. <laughs> and it was it was like Star Trek, but the whole of the bridge were all from Tayside. <laughs> and then it, so the captain, they see the, they see these Klingons or whatever on the screen and the captain says, set phasers to Malky. <laughs> <laughs> set phasers to Malky. Oh my God. <laughs> anyway, enough of this colloquialism. Let's get back to Scotland's crypto podcast and talk about global things happening. So this week we had the Ethereum London hard fork. Do you want to have a wee go at that? No, yes, no, maybe. Okay. Oh, I can see so... you smiling. <laughs> so with Ethereum, I know that this is an important update to, it's like the first step towards them moving towards proof of stake. Yes. And they're trying to get towards the system that Cardano already uses and become more energy efficient. Spot on. Oh, my goodness. You, I bet you were the kind of boy in the class that was reluctant to put your hand up, but then you did, and you put your hand up, and you came out with that, and the teacher went, well done, Jordan. <laughs> hey? It's always the quiet ones. So Ethereum, you're right, is proof of uh, work, which currently means it gets mined, which takes up a wee bit more electricity, not as much as Bitcoin. It has high gas fees. So every time you, so much is built on Ethereum. And when you trade coins on exchanges, it uses Ethereum blockchain and there's a charge. So the miners charge 
for this service and it gets really congested and busy. It's a bit like the M8 in Glasgow at five o'clock at night uh, in the centre of Glasgow. Nothing happens. So the high gas fees, it was getting ridiculous. If you wanted to make a $20 or £20 uh, uh, purchase, it was costing you $40 or 40 quid in fees. It was crazy. It was horrible. Horrible. Yeah. It's like so, it, it pays more yeah. than you're paying more for the transaction than you are the product at the end of it. It was mad. Yeah. And that was a kind of, I, I guess that was a result of its success as well. Mm-hmm. So that showed you that the, the demand was there for crypto. Um, so what they've done in the London hard fork is they have created a fixed flat fee. So they've reduced the fee, they've widened the whole bandwidth has gone uh, wider and it should be a lot more fairer when it gets busy. But one of the other things that's really interesting is they've now created an ETH burn. So every, I'm not sure if it's every transaction every day, a certain amount of ETH, and right now it's like thousands, is being burned. So what that means is just that literally, see when you have your, your laptop in front of you and you take something in the screen and you pull it down into the bin and it goes, the wee rubbish sound. That's it gone. So it's gone forever. And that, what that means is there's a deflationary side to this coin because be let, the more transactions that take place and the more stuff that happens on it, the more ETH gets burned or thrown into the bin, which means there's less, which means that it should go up in value. So some of the pundits on the uh, top channels on crypto, well, this is the top Scottish channel on crypto, and we are the pundits, uh, suggesting that whereas Bitcoin has always been seen as this digital gold, Ethereum now has put itself in that hot seat as well. And, as you said, more energy efficient. Yeah, that's the big one for me. I think it's wise for them to move to proof of stake because that seems to be the future anyway, just going on the whole climate change and trying to... Because it's a new technology and you want it to be environmentally friendly and moving on to proof of stake fits that bill perfectly. Yeah. So well done to Ethereum uh, for doing that. And it has had a lot of stick. Um, And I saw that Charles Hoskinson from Cardano was very magnanimous and put Mm -hmm. a fantastic tweet out to say congratulations to Ethereum moving towards proof of uh, stake and can only be good for crypto blockchain and the environment i thought that was really good of them yeah that's what we want to see isn't it yeah it feels like sometimes it's coins against coins and but in fact it's crypto against fiat like yes. that's what it should be but people forget that yeah we, we, we don't want to see celtic rangers toxicity or oh gosh dundee united versus dundee that's a big <laughs> It's a big grudge match. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that's good. So that, again, what that shows is the technology is continually evolving and the innovation is continually evolving within blockchain and uh, crypto. So next up, the US Senate Infrastructure Bill. Have they passed the bill? Uh, they're, they're in the process of passing it during the night. Uh, so yeah, they're in the process of it. And they're wanting to tap not the proof of work so that's like bitcoin although bitcoin will get taxed other ways 
but they're wanting to tax more heavily the proof of stake. Which is crazy. Which is crazy. So here's my thoughts on this. And you're right. So Bitcoin is proof of work. And Bitcoin's the one that the, the Senator Elizabeth Warren is always coming out and saying, that's the one the baddies use to uh, defraud us all. Well, why aren't you all over that? They're not. What they're doing is they're moving to proof of stake blockchains like Cardano and Ethereum. And they're going to say, you are go- we are going to make sure in terms of taxation and regulation that we put onerous burdens on you as individuals. So that's state pool operators in Cardano, node operators in Ethereum, miners. They are all going to have to individually report on transactions, whereas people who operating proof of work are not. And you're like, hold on a minute. That's not, number one, it's like apartheid. It's like blockchain apartheid. <laughs> and the second thing is it shows a lack of understanding in terms of the green efficiency of proof of stake. It's, it's not going to work. Like These people are just going to move. They're going to move their state pools, their nodes out of America or to different states. Like I don't know if it's the full thing. Like Will Texas agree to this? Like That seems to be a safe haven at the moment for a lot of cryptocurrency. So they're trying to squash it. And it's, it's the yeah. better version of crypto. And I don't get why. Well, I'm going to give you my theory on that right now. Thank you for that segue into Duffy's theory. <laughs> so there's a great American hockey player, ice hockey. His name, I think it's Greg, Greg, I think it's it Rosette. No, Greg, I'll come to. But he says, don't play the puck to the player. Play the puck. Go where you think the puck is going to go. So just go, go where it's not there yet, but where we think it's going to go. And I think that's what the US government is doing. It's like, we know everything's going to move to proof of stake because everyone's going green. Mm -hmm. Therefore, 90% of all the projects are going to be proof of stake. So that's where we want to do the taxation. Also, the proof of work, because Bitcoin is the proof of work chain, and it's not really going to change. It's very difficult for them to regulate that because it's so global. Mm-hmm. But a lot of your stake pool operators like uh, in Cardano all live in the USA. So it's easy to get them in tax. And I think that's what they're doing. So do you think, I know the bill has just been formed and everything like that, but they will only get, these stake pool operators and node operators and developers will only get taxed when it, they move back into fiat Will they still have to report all this if they just keep all their rewards and everything in crypto? My understanding is that every transaction, regardless of whether it's moving from uh, Cardano back into US dollars, every transaction, they're going to have to report it. And on that what? moment, if you know if, if it's up $10, there'll be a, a taxable gain. If it's down $10, there'll be a taxable loss. But that's... It's almost like creating all this regulation just to stifle the innovation that's taking place. And remember, cryptocurrency in the US is still tiny. It's not, it's not like a massive industry like oil or gas or farming or mm-hmm. uh, the car industry. But they know in the future it's going to be a decent-sized industry. But they're taxing 
they're taxing something that they don't own. Like, how can they? How is that possible? Because they, they own fiat, like they're in control of it, but yeah. they don't own crypto. So how can they just come in and like, oh yeah, you're just you're doing that in our country, so we're just going to tax you. So that leads on to the next part of this debate. So let me take you on a little journey. <laughs> so think back to the time of Jesus, when Jesus was on the earth. Now, I don't know if he was or he wasn't, but it sounds like he was. And that was, what, 2021 years ago, right? Allegedly. After that period, so during that period, the Romans ruled the roost in Europe. And the Romans had all their little gods. They had the god of the sun, the god of war, the god of rain. They had it all. But no one god was kind of the god. And then what happened was a kind of Catholic church came along at that time and religion became really big, notwithstanding that the the Judaism was big at the time as well, because Jesus was born a Jew. So at that time, religion really took off and then it started to move outside it just it went it went all over the globe, and the thing was the monks and the priests were seen as extremely clever, because they were learned. Because what they did was they just sat and read scriptures and then wrote in Latin and all that sort of stuff. I mean, in the nineteen sixties in Scotland, in a Roman Catholic church, the mass was said in Latin, so all the Scottish people were sitting there looking up, and the, the priest was really clever because he could speak Latin, right? So it was. My, they were learned. So that what happened was at that time, then they built all these oh, they built all these churches with massive steeples. Now, if you look around, you, why are the churches always the tallest buildings? It's that so they could people go, there's the church and that's the thing. And my goodness, I'm, I'm gravitated towards that. But that then became that became the the communication tool throughout the world, religion. Then what happened was. Radio and TV came along. So radio and TV came along, popped up everywhere, and then took the voice away from the my learned friends. And then the politicians got in on that as well. Now you think about the UK Parliament. What do they call each other? I give way to my honourable friend. I give way to my learned friend. There's nothing more learned about them than you and I, <laughs> is there? But it's my learned. So like, oh, they're, they're really clever, so we've got to listen to what they say. So TV and radio came along. That was the next part. And then it took power away from one and gave power away to a different group, but it was wider and more a bit of a mass audience. So it became even more decentralised. And then the next part was social media. So social media came along. And then now what happens? Everybody's got a voice, haven't they? So mm-hmm. I, we're on this today. We, I, we are broadcasting. Think about it. I'm, I'm watching you on Zoom and we are broadcasting live, and we're going to put this out tomorrow, bish, bosh, bash to the world. And anyone can listen to it, and anyone can retweet it, and anyone can like it, or anyone can, whatever is on Instagram or Facebook, whatever. So that decentralization is taking place. Over the next 30 to 50 years, that's going to be even more complete. So that those who are in power from religion to media companies to politicians, it is their their power is dissipating all the time, and they're scared mm-hmm. because they will not be listened to. They will not have the power to keep the people at bay. Therefore, they regulate, and I think that's what America is 
doing right now and with throwing this infrastructure at the and crypto billing, they're going to regulate as most they can so they maintain the power over the people. So they don't want this next phase of decentralization over the next 50 odd years to happen the way that we want it to happen, or many of us do. So that's my theory. What do you think about that one? I 100% agree, just because... So I've read the, the book, The Sovereign Individual, which talks a lot about that. And it's about the power of the church and then moving down into like nation states and stuff like that. And yeah, it feels like they're trying to clutch on to the control that they have. I do feel like they're losing it a little bit. Yeah. But I am also scared about what they will try and do to maintain this power that they've got. Well, all we need to do is look at what China did. China said... Get all that Bitcoin mining stuff off our soil because what it does is it interferes with our ability and capacity to run the country and rule mines, doesn't it? Because Bitcoin's so decentralized. So what they've, they've taken that and they've, and they've moved out of the country. But that, that's one example. America could do the same. America could turn around and say, we don't want any mining. Now, I think that I think Texas would just say, do you know what? You're not, it's not happening. <laughs> Yeah, they just become their own country. <laughs> yeah, they just become their own country. Texas is always reserves that right, doesn't it? <laughs> I guess where does that then how does that then fit in with something like Scotland? If Scotland wants to become an independent country, and it looks like I mean, can you believe? Did you hear what that clown Boris Johnson said? Oh, what's he said? He's so he did a two day trip to Scotland this week. Right? Two days trip and he and then he he makes some comps. So first of all, he, he, he doesn't he doesn't in, in accept the first minister of Scotland's invite to come for tea. Now she was obviously making sure that she was on the front page of the papers as well, but he just said no, <laughs> <laughs> as is his way. And then he makes some comment about, well, you know, Margaret Thatcher closed the Scottish coal mines, so she was she was right on green energy. What? <laughs> <laughs> Like, and you can you can understand why the Scottish people go. Do you know what? Actually, maybe we should just be independent because that's what's that's what's leading. You know, some guy who spent all these all these years studying in a university and then goes into politics and then writes and just becomes a writer. He's never actually done a day's work in his life. He's probably <laughs> he probably doesn't even change the nappies of his new kids. Yeah, <laughs> of which he's now got seven. Or he's going to have seven. By three different wives, is that right? Crikey. Who? It does feel like Rome. You can, we could be back what, in Boris Rome. Boris Johnson? Yeah. <laughs> I thought he had like one kid. No, <laughs> <laughs> oh man. It's, it's just like we could, this is like, he's like a Roman, what do you call it? A Roman uh, emperor, you know? <laughs> yeah. Oh dear. So, again, coming back to what, how, how does that affect Scotland? So, if we want to become an independent country, Many people do, many people don't. I still think it's 50-50. You know, do we want to have, do we want to regulate crypto? Or do you want to say, let's become the Texas of Europe? Let Scotland become the Texas of Europe. Come and build your crypto here. Come and do your stuff here. It's exactly what Zumo are doing. So yeah. Zumo are uh, a Scottish company, Scottish based, and building a technology app 
and a new way to bank, do finance, transfer, and transfer currency. What do you want to do? Scare them off? Do you want them to go to England or go somewhere else? No, we want more Zumos. Because like, if you regulate it and they move, you're not you're you're not going to make any money with them being here. You are going to make money because they will they will be paying, and they attract talent, and they attract jobs, and people will use the app. And let's not kid ourselves on. If you're using the app, people will have to pay their crypto taxes. You have to pay your crypto taxes. I'm already work. I'm actually working so hard on getting my tax return right for this year, and. I've, I've spoken to people because I want it to be right because I want to say, well, here's a good model. And if we're ever, if we ever have the first minister on, no one's going to turn around and say, oh, first minister, you and you, you spoke to those guys. They don't even pay their tax. Yes, we do. We file with HMRC. And, that, and here's a great way to show that Scotland could lead here and be innovative and in attracting blockchain and crypto technology by saying, let's sit down and have a sensible adult conversation on crypto and blockchain with the people who are in it, find out what they want, why, they, why they're doing it in this way, and how it fits with the state. It needs, there does need to be that sort of like negotiation almost, and not just be governments come in, we're going to slap you with a 43% tax. It needs to be like, how can we both, how can we both make this work? Like we've got one side who are decentralised, and we've got one side who are centralised, surely we can meet in the middle. Because obviously, talking about like making Scotland like crypto nation, we can't just be a totally decentralised yes. like nation. Yes. That just doesn't work. Because then yes. how we've got the NHS, we've got like yeah. we need to pay for education, everything like that. Yeah. Some money needs to go to the to the nation. But it's just how much is that's that's what needs to be figured out, and it's and that yeah yeah and that that's a sensible approach because we have we've got a police force, we've got fire service, we've got nurses and doctors. We need these people, and we've got to pay for them. So going completely decentralised and saying every every sovereign individual is their own bank, it kind of what happens then is we're going to cliques and clans. It's just getting the right amount of state and the right amount of decentralization moving in the next the next century really and that will be down to I'll, I'll be I'll be dead and buried but that'll be down to people like you and you, and you cohort but you've got to influence the politicians to say don't just say oh I don't really like that I don't know what that is it's bad and like well sit down and have a conversation with like people like us who are immersed in it yeah okay I I, I do hope we can get a Scottish politician to come on the show and just have a good chat with them about our hopes and dreams uh, and just see what becomes reality in the next 25 years in Scotland, whether it becomes independent or not. It's about leading the way, isn't it? It's about leading the way and it's doable. It's doable. We could be the new, we could be the new Captain Kirk and Mr. Spock on the Starship Enterprise T-siders and crypto, aye. <laughs> There's mileage in that one. Okay, so big big power struggles going on in the US right now in crypto and blockchain. And if you look at crypto Twitter, a lot of the people, a lot of our friends in America are literally 
um, phoning senators, creating campaigns to phone and email senators to make them aware of what's going on. Because half of them, it won't be, it won't come across their 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 bow either. So really important that we get it. Watch what America does. Watch the mistakes they make. Learn from them, and mm -hmm. deploy sensible thinking in Scotland. So I had to go and watch this Taysiders in Space video and I was pissing myself watching it. Jim actually did do a good impression. So I've put the link in the show notes below if you want to go and watch it. But first, here is the amazing Amelie to chat about Zumo. Hello, Amelie here from Zumo to tell you a li little bit more about what we do. At Zumo, we're here to make everyone comfortable with buying, selling, and spending cryptocurrencies. So the Zumo app is a crypto wallet with money that you can touch, fill, spend, send, and use. So Zumo lets you convert cryptocurrency and spend that normal. The Zumo app is a missing link between cryptocurrency and traditional money. It allows different currencies to work together in a way that everyone can instantly understand it. It removes the shackle of old and new currencies. It's new money in every sense. If you want to buy some Bitcoin, Ether, or Bitcoin SV and store it securely with Zumo, then head over to the link in the show notes to download our app. Now, back over the boys for the next part of the episode. Next up. We've got Reserve. So RSR and RSV. So it's a coin we talk about a lot. And we said that there's big things coming. Their first announcement was made a couple of days ago. And it's that they want to make stable currency a human right. And they're going to petition this to the UN. Yeah. So what they came out with was, here's some of the narrative. Two people with the same education, doing the same work and putting in the same effort will not have the same level of opportunity for development if one has access to a stable currency and the other does not. It's time to solve that problem. The United Nations Universal Declaration of Human Rights provides that all human beings are born free and equal in dignity and rights to life, freedom and security. But who can live and develop with dignity when currency does not protect the value of one's work? On the 7th of September, we'll start a petition to submit a formal request to the UN to recognise access to a stable currency as a human right. And essentially, they're looking for 10,000 signatures. So we're in. Yeah. We I, are in. The, I would not be surprised if they get 10,000 signatures in a number of hours. Yeah. And this week, the, the Bank of England has said that inflation is going to go to 4%. Right. Now, inflation, if inflation went to 4% 10 years ago, we, we would all be going crazy. The government would be getting hauled over the coals. The Bank of England governor would be getting called in to see the Chancellor, Rishi Sunak, and getting scolded and having to write a letter. Now it's just like, yeah, it's going to 4%. It's, going to 4 it's only transitory. Don't worry about it. That's not the case. That's not the case. And just to harp on again, did you see that article I sent you regarding petrol prices in the UK. Yeah, I've passed that on to so many people. Ridiculous. The, the prices aren't actually what what they should be. No. 
and and that, that and they're profiteering and they're profiteering of the staycationers because there's more people driving on the roads here. They're like, oh, let's just make some more money here. Yeah. So uh, for context, for people that the prices of petrol are going up and staying up because this is a report done by the RAC that they shouldn't be that high. What was it? They should be, was it two to four P diff- lower or something? Yeah. It was something like that. But they're staying high because the government are getting so much money on tax yeah. from these petrol prices. So they're just trying to keep it up for as long as possible. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Like, it's ridic- yeah. what? <laughs> and then today, as we talked about Off-Gym, so the CEO of Off-Gym, uh, which which monitors oil energy prices in the UK, has come out on radio and said, yep, yeah, um, it's going up 13%. So the average bill is going to go up about £115 a year. So the average bill for energy in the UK is not even a... Well, it's going up roughly £115 a year. And well, there's nothing you can do about that. 140. I just because I got a notification this morning from BBC News saying it's going to go up on average 140. 140, well, 140 pounds, and that's just happening. So, and the same way, you know, they're not making the energy companies aren't making money. Hello, they've all made they all they all recorded one billion pound profits, one billion pound profits, and that money will go to shareholders. And then they say, but we need more money for infrastructure. We'll stop paying the blooming shareholders and put it back. <laughs> the whole thing's wrong. Yeah. I mean, but so we are we are experiencing mild inflation. That's mild. That's just two examples. Mild inflation right now. Then you put you look at Lebanon, you look at Turkey, you look at Venezuela, you look at Argentina. These countries are got mega inflation. Mm-hmm. And we know from speaking to a few people that, you know, I mean, think about it, Jordan. So, let, so if you wake up, if you just get paid and you've got £1,000 in your bank and then you wake up a, a week later, that £1,000 is only worth 800 because of inflation and because the prices have soared. So that, imagine petrol was going up um, a, a pound a litre instead of 4p. How do you cope? How do you how do you actually cope? And that's what and that's what's happening in places like Venezuela, where people are going out there and working, and the the work they're doing is worth less every month because prices are skyrocketing. And yeah. what Reserve are saying is, no, I'm sorry, let's make a stable currency where the currency is stable, so the value of your work um, is consistent. Let's make that a human right. I think that's phenomenal. Because you don't, you you do take it for granted, like where you're, where you're born, that you have, like the pound is one of the strongest currencies in the world. Yeah, yeah. But you you just take that for granted. But if you're born into Venezuela, it's completely different. Like, yeah. What was it? Thirty six thousand percent inflation a couple of years ago, and it's like, what? What would you do in that? No. <laughs> so what think, what reserve are doing i think it is a human right 100 percent, and it should be yeah because if you think about all these all the currency fluctuations and and the money that people make in currency fluctuations and how so much has to go through the petrol dollar it's just it's actually 
it's killing the planet. That's killing the planet. And, it's, and, and it has a disastrous effect on people. So Reserve are going to want to do something about it. Stable currency, a human right. I'm right behind this. And you know what? See the people of Scotland. Those of, those of us who want independence, and I haven't, I'm not stating a position in that yet. When you become an independent Scotland and you have to have your own currency and your own reserve uh, bank and all the rest of it, that doesn't come free of charge. There's a price and there'll be a borrowing price to that. And that could mean heavy high inflation and uh, a debt burden in the country, which will have to be paid. So be careful what you wish for and let's make sure that um, Scotland has a stable currency as well. Mm-hmm. 100%. Because it always used to be, what was the argument when we tried to go independent a couple of years ago? It was like, oh, we've got oil. It's like, <laughs> oil's going to be like, we're not going to use oil in a couple of years. Like, like, we can't rely on something like that to make us a rich country. We need to be the thinking o- future. The only country that has done well out of oil is, I think it's Denmark's got sovereign oil wealth fund. Sovereign Wealth Fund is take took a load a load of the money out of oil and put it into there. What did we do? Where's the only people that get rich out of oil in Scotland is a few few um, entrepreneurs in Aberdeen. Where, where's the rest of it? And they could say, "Oh, England stole it." <laughs> right, okay, England stole it. And Margaret Thatcher uh, stole it as well. So that she she stole all the oil and took all the revenues down to England. Whatever. So we don't have anything. And we've got huge decommissioning costs. And uh, anyway, so your argument in terms of do we have oil? Or it's okay, we have oil. Is you're right, it's wrong. There's no, we don't have an argument. We've got nothing. Yeah. We've got no money. Scotland is burst. So how can we make sure that Scotland doesn't become burst in the next 50 years? Should it become independent? And please don't tell me, please don't tell me you're just going to join the euro. Ah! Oh, join the euro. Oh, gosh. Where? And did you see, when we talked before about Spain's going to get half voting for a four-day week so they can have more siestas, you know, and basically do nothing. Um, Scotland is also talking about a four-day week. Really? Uh-huh. <laughs> Nicola Sturgeon, I'm sure, talked about, like, having a four-day week. What are you going to do in the other three days off? Just go out and get drunk? <laughs> uh, I don't know. But there's got to be a way. See, when they talk about the reset, oh, did you see, just to throw it in there and put it out live, that Venezuela is also talking about introducing its own central bank digital currency? I did actually see that. And then they're just going to take a few zeros off of the the boulevard. Like, what? It doesn't do anything, but they're just going to take a few zeros off. (laughs) Take a few zeros off. So see, all when you when you walk into the the, the supermarket with five million bolivars and you get a and you get a loaf of bread, then you you won't need to do that anymore. You'll just be able to ping it. We'll create something and we'll take a few. And it'll only be five thousand bolivars. Like, that doesn't that doesn't wipe away your debt. <laughs> it just make it. It's a, it's like kind of it's, a, it's just false. It's a fallacy. Oh, God. Anyway, which makes reserve even more powerful, I think, in terms of creating a stable currency. Yeah. Anything else you want to chat about today, Jordan? Uh, well, we can talk about talk about the markets for a little bit. 
just yep. quickly to end on a high that what is happening and it we still haven't broken that $42,000 mark for Bitcoin. So I'd yep. still be very wary, but things do feel like they're ramping up again for another run up. Yeah. And woke up this morning, had that feeling of I was scared to look at my phone and I was like opening the app with like one eye, opening my Coinbase app to check the prices and uh, what some of the, well, I'll talk about RSR. had gone up about was it 8% overnight or something like that. It jumped up. I'm showing 7.3%. Yeah. And yeah, it feels good to see a little bit of green again. It'll be interesting to, to note what happens to the price of Bitcoin, et cetera, as a result of the infrastructure bill in the USA uh, and how, how it impacts how it impacts Ethereum, even though we are in a global market and it's a 24-hour market. But the, it feels like some of the things we're seeing that cryptocurrency coming into this next eight to 16 weeks looks as if there's, 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 there's momentum building in it again. Mm-hmm. So, but you're right. If Bitcoin cannot break that $42,000 mark, and it's just it's teetering at 40 just now, then we might not be there. Yeah, I wouldn't, I don't want to speak too soon. That's the last thing you want to do in crypto. But yeah, once it gets over that 42,000 mark, I would expect it to keep going. Max Kaiser, um, the Bitcoin maximalist guru, has come out and said that he still believes at the end of the year one Bitcoin will be worth $220,000. That's mad. What is that? Like a hundred and seventy? Yeah. <laughs> that would be some end of the year if it did do that. Oh, there's you sitting with a hundred Bitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> Covered a lot today. Um, Ethereum hard fork, which is really good for cryptocurrency. The US Senate infrastructure bill, which is, I don't think it's good for cryptocurrency, but the, U, the, the Americans will have to sort that one out. Decentralization, reserve, um, going to the UN on the 7th of September and creating a motion. I love that. And then up for us in Scotland and politics, and we're still looking, we're still putting the shout out, who's going to be the first Scottish politician to come on Scotland's crypto podcast and learn and debate cryptocurrency with Jordan and Jim. Yeah, it'll be so nice just to, I just want to see their perspective on it. Like, you don't really get the true, true perspective in the news. They don't really want, they can't really talk about it. So it'd it'd be so cool. Yeah, let's see if we can get somebody to come on and have a, a fair, frank, positive, friendly conversation. Yeah. All right, buddy. Um, have a good weekend and we'll see where we end up next week. Yeah, fingers crossed. Take care. <laughs> see ya.